Hello, and welcome to Goodnight Sleepedia, a podcast in which I, Ty, will read a random article off of Wikipedia with soothing music playing in the background, with the ultimate goal of boring you into a state of total relaxation for your body, mind, and soul. If you're anything like me, you struggle to fall asleep at night. Whether your mind is racing from the day-to-day activities, or you've got way too much on your plate for the following day that it's hindering your ability to achieve total relaxation. That's why I'm here for you. Do your best to focus softly on the words that I'm saying. What's unique about this podcast is that the words I'm speaking are just interesting enough to grab your attention at first, but as I drone on longer, you'll surely find yourself losing focus as you drift into sleep. I hope you enjoy your time here and know that you can achieve restful sleep with very little effort. Just sit back, relax, and focus on my words until you begin to find yourself naturally fading away. Now without further hesitation, good night, Sleepedia. George Goss, Australian recipient of the George Cross. Lieutenant Commander George Goss, born February 16th, 1912, death December 31st, 1964, was an Australian recipient of the George Cross, the highest award for heroism and courage, not in the fact of the enemy that could be awarded to a member of the Australian Armed Forces at the time. Goss served in the Royal Australian Navy between 1926 and 1933, reaching the rank of sub-lieutenant and receiving training and experience with the British Royal Navy. In 1940, he joined the Royal Australian Naval Volunteer Reserve for service in World War II. Quickly sent back to the United Kingdom, he served on several shore establishments before being sent to British India as a naval mine clearance specialist. He returned to the UK in late 1944, and in April 1945, he was given command of a naval party responsible for mine clearance in the recently captured Bremen Harbor in Germany. He displayed courage in defusing three mines under very difficult conditions between the 8th of May and the 19th of May in 1945, which resulted in him being awarded the George Cross. Goss continued to serve in the RANVR after the war, reaching the rank of Lieutenant Commander before retiring in 1958 
and died of a heart condition in 1964. His medal set is displayed in the Hall of Valor at the Australian War Memorial. Early Life and Career George Goss was born on the 16th of February, 1912, at Harvey, Western Australia, the eldest child of William Hay Goss, a farmer, and his wife Muriel Nay Davidson. He was a grandson of the explorer William Goss and a nephew of the businessman Sir James Hay Goss. His father had served in the Second South Australian Mounted Rifles in the Second Boer War in South Africa and joined the British Army as an artillery officer in World War I. He was awarded the Military Cross for gallantry and was killed in action in 1918. Muriel died in 1920. George and his younger sister were then cared for by their paternal grandmother. Goss was schooled at St. Peter's College, Adelaide, South Australia, from 1920 to 1925, and entered the Royal Australian Naval College, or RAN College, at Jervis Bay in 1926, age 13. According to a family member, he was, quote, so like his father, gay, feckless, fearless, and gregarious. While at the Rand College, he excelled at field hockey, and upon graduation in 1930, received the prize for engineering theory. Beginning in January 1930, he served aboard both Australian country-class heavy cruisers, first HMAS Australia, then HMAS Canberra. He was promoted to midshipman in May of that year. In July 1931, he sailed for the United Kingdom for further training with the British Royal Navy. His first assignment was to the Mediterranean Fleet aboard the Revenge-class Super Dreadnought battleship HMS Ramillies. He also attended an air course on the Courageous-class aircraft carrier HMS Glorious and was familiarized with the employment of destroyers during a stint aboard HMS Forchester. In September 1932, he was promoted to acting sub-lieutenant and entered the Royal Naval College in Greenwich. The social and sporting temptations of London beckoned, and Goss's studies suffered. After he failed the examination for lieutenant, he was returned to Australia, and his naval career ended on October 30, 1933. Goss then worked at odd jobs for a few years, and on the 1st of October in 1938, he married Diana Scatow at his old school chapel. The couple had two daughters. World War II 
on the 1st of September, 1939, the day World War II began, Goss attempted to rejoin the RAN, but was rebuffed. Goss managed to enlist as an ordinary seaman in the Royal Australian Naval Volunteer Reserve on the 21st of October in 1940. He initially underwent training at shore establishments HMAS Torrens and HMAS Cabreras before sailing for the UK in December. After serving at the shore establishment HMS Collingwood in April 1941, he was commissioned as a sub-lieutenant while posted to the shore establishment HMS King Alfred. He next served at the shore establishment HMS President. Then in December of that year, he was transferred to the Royal Indian Navy Shore Establishment, HMIS Hooley, in Calcutta, British India, as a Naval Mine Disposal Officer. In February of 1942, he was promoted to Provisional Lieutenant. In August, he was transferred to the Shore Establishment, HMS Lenka, this was followed by a posting to the shore establishment, HMS Braganza, in Bombay in October of 1942. Although his 1940 annual report had described him as, quote, below average, for whom it was doubtful a niche could be found, end quote. Two years later, his report indicated that he was reliable, and keen, and displayed ingenuity. When faced with difficulties, he was always cheerful, and was a daring character who was very interested in mines. Transferred back to the UK in November of 1944, Goss was posted to the shore establishment HMS Vernon at Brixham, Devon, which was the European port clearance diving base for the Royal Navy. Clearance diving teams were responsible for removing naval mines from British waters and from the waters of captured ports on the European mainland. He brought a Japanese mine back with him to the UK as he considered it would be of use at HMS Vernon. According to his entry in the Australian Dictionary of Biography, he was a bit of a law unto himself in this period, but was fascinated with his mechanical devices and exhibited inventiveness. He qualified as a shallow water diver in January of 1945. Following the capture of Bremen, Germany in April, Goss-led Naval Party 1571 to the port to clear mines laid by the retreating Germans in Übersiefen. Prior to being sent forward to Bremen, Goss had interrogated a German prisoner of war who had been involved in the demolition of the Übersiefen and its facilities who described a mine known as an oyster, which was, quote, impossible to sweep for and never could be rendered safe, end quote. After arriving in Bremen, Goss risked his life many times in defusing mines, 
when his divers reported a sighting of what appeared to be a new mine form. On 8th of May, Goss dived himself and verified that it was a, quote, D-type mine with additional fittings, end quote. The oyster mine described by the German prisoner of war. This mine was pressure-operated, and its detonation train included magnetic and acoustic elements. Around 1800 hours the next day, or 6 p.m., Goose examined the mine by touch, as the visibility was so poor that his waterproof torch was of no use. In order to maintain his depth, he had to tether himself to the mine marker buoy rope. Using tools he had improvised, Goss interrupted the detonation train by removing the primer release and the primer, which had to be extracted from about 18 inches down a 2-inch wide tube. Having made the mine safe at this point, Goss was releasing his tether when there was a small explosion. Later, examination of the mine showed that water had entered the primer tube and actuated a water pressure trigger set to fire the detonator if the mine was raised. Goss personally diffused two more oyster mines at Bremen between the 9th and 19th of May, and in both cases, the detonator fired before the mine reached the surface. Another officer from Naval Party 1571 said later that if, quote, if Goss hadn't found an answer to the oyster, Bremen Harbor would have been unusable, end quote. Goss was promoted to acting lieutenant commander on the 30th of September in 1945 and was demobilized on the 20th of March in 1946. For his service in World War II, Goss was awarded the 1939 to 1945 star, the Burma star, the France and Germany star, the Defense Medal, the War Medal of 1939 through 1945, and the Australia Service Medal, 1939 to 1945. On the 26th of April in 1946, Goss's award of the George Cross was promulgated in the London Gazette. The citation read, Quote, On the 8th of May in 1945, divers searching Ubersee Hafen reported the presence of a mine, which from their description appeared to be an entirely new type. Lieutenant Goss immediately dived and verified the fact that it was a GD pressure type, which was commonly known as Oyster. As it was very necessary that this type of mine should be recovered intact, it was decided to attempt to render safe the mine underwater. And on the following day, May 9th, 
Lieutenant Goss dived into it again. Using improvised tools, he eventually succeeded in removing the primer, which was followed by a loud metallic crash. The mine was eventually lifted on the quayside when it was found that the detonator had fired immediately after the primer had been removed. During the subsequent 10 days, Lieutenant Goss rendered safe two similar types of mines which were laying in close proximity to shipping and in each instance, the detonator fired before the mine reached the surface. This form of operation called for an exceptionally high standard of personal courage and also a high degree of skill. The conditions were always arduous and were combined with the presence of known mines in the docks and with all forms of underwater obstruction, human corpses, which together with lack of visibility produced a set of conditions which would deter even the boldest. This officer displayed courage and zeal, far in excess of the usual course of duty, and contributed greatly to the success of a most difficult and important operation. Three days after his GC was promulgated, Goss was visited at home by a journalist from the Advertiser Daily newspaper and was surprised to learn that he would receive an award for doing something he enjoyed so much. He joked, quote, George Goss, George Cross, sounds like a test of sobriety, end quote. Later Life Goss was invested with his George Cross in Adelaide on the 3rd of June in 1948 by the Governor of South Australia, Lieutenant General Sir Willoughby Norrie. He continued to serve in the RANVR and was substantively promoted to Lieutenant Commander on the 30th of June in 1955 before retiring in 1958. Goss remained an inventive designer, creating many useful domestic gadgets and fittings, but his interest waned once a challenge had been met. According to his entry in the Australian Dictionary of Biography, his work was mostly unspectacular. He was president of the Sporting Car Club of South Australia from 1946 to 1948. During the year 1950, Goss was part of an Australian Armed Forces recruiting campaign throughout South Australia before collapsing from nervous strain at a rally in Renmark. In 1953, he was part of the contingent sent to the UK for the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II and was awarded the Queen Elizabeth II Coronation Medal. In 1964, he traveled to the UK for a reunion and joined the Victoria Cross and George Cross Association 
Goss died of a coronary occlusion at Maslin Beach on December 31st, 1964, where he was cremated. The Victoria Cross recipient, Brigadier Sir John George Smith, wrote that Goss, quote, always lived right on top of the world, as though every day was his last. End quote. He is commemorated on the Returned and Services League walls at the Centennial Park Cemetery in Pasadena, South Australia. His medal set is displayed in the Hall of Valor at the Australian War Memorial, a ward at the former Repatriation General Hospital, Hollywood, in Western Australia, now Hollywood Private Hospital, has been named in his honor.